Welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I'm Jordan Shambly, joined by Cedra Sarton. I'm not the one and only anymore. <laughs> I was debating whether or not to say that again. I, I want to keep people guessing. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do it next time. Maybe I won't. I don't okay. know. We'll see. Um, also with us in studio today, we have, it's such an honor to have Pastor Jeff Shreve with us today. He is yep. the pastor of First Baptist Texarkana yep. and also the host of From His Heart, which you can hear here on AFR. You can. Every yeah. afternoon, I believe. Yes. Six. <laughs> is it at seven o'clock is when that begins? Seven PM Central Time, I believe. Six PM. Oh Central my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm just That's okay. <laughs> it's Apparently all right. I don't know our showtimes anymore. <laughs> I, I left radio and went to Engage magazine and just forgot everything, I guess. Yeah, I guess we can't expect you to keep up with it as much. Um but we are so excited to have you here with us uh today to talk about some some issues that I think young Christians and maybe Christians in general are out of touch with. Okay. Um, kind of um, inspired by the last year and, and more, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, society's changed a little bit. Yes. Um, because, of course, everyone knows the COVID uh, pandemic has just reshaped our society completely. And churches have either voluntarily or, you know, under orders, mm-hmm. um, have had to take measures to be to be safe, to to comply with uh, standards and um, for better or worse. Um, and as a pastor yourself, um, that I'm sure has to be a concern for you um, because a part of Christian tradition, a part, it's not our tradition, it's a command from God to gather together and to, to worship as, as a body. Um, because there's a lot of accountability that goes into that, um, Christian to Christian and pastor to his congregation. So how in these circumstances can a pastor have his, has, have his finger on the pulse of his church, if you will? Yeah, good question. That's a, it's difficult mm-hmm. because a lot of people you're not seeing. Um, we have at our church, we're about um, maybe 50% mm-hmm. of what we were as far as attendance right. in, in the house. Um, now we did have a fire that burned our worship center, so we're in wow. uh, we're in the gym and we right. have two services and we have overflow areas and so and with COVID, you know, we got the seats spread out more than we right. normally do, so that's been um, those two things hit at the same time, mm-hmm. so that's been a challenge for us. But um, we say all the time, it's not the same watching the live stream. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we have live stream. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a good it's a good thing. Uh, we tell our people this is a good supplement. It's not a good substitute. Mm-hmm. And we're called to gather together. There's just something about being together with other believers. Mm-hmm. S- the worship is so much better when you're in there singing with other people. The preaching you're more engaged than if you're just at home. You know, it's on the iPad and you're kind of messing with your phone or whatever. I mean, we all tend to do that. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I, it's been uh, it's been a great concern. And I think that um, one thing, Jordan, that we've seen is uh, Christians that you thought were a lot stronger in their faith have responded to this with tremendous fear. 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of older Christians, and because they hear, hey, you know, I'm in the high risk category and I better not, you know, go out and see anybody. And uh, I heard Lou Holtz, 86 years old, you know, that used to be the coach of Arkansas and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, don't, don't keep me from living before I die. Yeah. You know, wow. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to be with people, I, you know, and I'm not afraid of, you know, my life is in God's hands. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen. Right. And so, you know, you don't want to be stupid. Uh, I tell people, I say, I'm not shaking hands and licking my palms. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm not going to be afraid of that either. Mm-hmm. If I get COVID, I get COVID. Right. If I get sick, I get sick. You know, a lot of people get it and they don't even know they have it. Right. And it's like, it's a weird disease. Cause strange, you, yeah. You know, typically if you get the flu, you're pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um but if I get sick, I get sick. If I die, I die. Mm-hmm. But my life's in God's hands, and I'm not going to be afraid of that. Right. Well, that and that's, I mean, that is an attitude of, I mean, that's faith. That's understanding the sovereignty of God and that he is in control. Um, as a as a church might be even uh, reasonably split apart a little bit and hopefully very temporarily, um, the health of the church, uh, because of this change and, you know, people aren't there to sharpen each other as much. And the fellowship is not as, um, common as right. it should be. What are some signs that we need to look out for in our own church that maybe the health of the church is declining, be- the spiritual health? I mean, mm-hmm. um, because we need, I- I'm of the opinion that the pastor doesn't stand alone right. in this responsibility. I mm-hmm. think that. Every Christian who is a member of a church has a responsibility to that church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about what that looks like, but how do we know or not, you know, whether or not the church is spiritually suffering? Well, I think that, you know, the old phrase is, you, you know, you count nickels and noses. Mm-hmm. Um, the money has a lot to do with it because when people start dropping off typically they're they're not giving anymore right so i think a church would see a, a big decrease in giving now sometimes that can be because a plant shut down or something mm-hmm. in town um if you have that happen you're going to see the numbers decrease and you didn't have anything to do with that right. i mean that's just the way it is um, but if it's not that and you're seeing hey giving is really going down we're not seeing people. They're not even showing up online because mm-hmm. you get online numbers, and we we calculate that every week. We know how many people watched. Um, so those would be two things. So if you talk about nickels and noses, even if you're talking about live stream audience, if that's going down a lot, um, hey, something's not something's bad right. here. Um, and then you got to ask yourself: Is there is it something we're doing or failing to do? Um, and I think too. Uh, Jordan, if, um, if a church is strong in, um, fellowship, strong in discipleship, Mm. but maybe the preaching is not super strong. You know, some churches have a great pastor. Yeah. They might not be a great preacher. Mm -hmm. COVID has made it hard to pastor. Right. You can't go to the hospitals. They won't let you in. You can't go to the nursing homes, those kinds of things. And so a lot of the the touches that people really thrived on, their pastor's not able to do that. And the thing that they that maybe not his strongest suit is mm-hmm. just preaching the word, that's what live stream has brought out, okay? So that can be hard on a church and um I don't have a good answer for that other than the guy's got to really, 
he's got to really pray and he's got to study and he's yeah. got to prepare a, a message that people are going to want to listen to. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's exposed some things in in some of the churches that are um, that are a lot stronger in pastoral care because pastoral care has been kind of put on the back burner right now. Yeah, and it seems, I mean, there, there seems to be a pattern on this show whenever we, we talk um, th- that we always go back to the basics, sort of, that we always come to the conclusion that problems always arise when Christians stop reading the Bible, mm-hmm. praying, yes. and fellowshipping. Yeah. I mean, these are these are the, the basic means of grace is what they've been traditionally called um, that are commanded in the scriptures. They're not an option. I mean, the, the Bible tells us to read the Bible. Um, and when Christians stop doing this or stop doing this uh, to the uh, to the extent where it actually has a, an effect on their lives, spirit, spiritually, um, sickness will come in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I believe that when a Christian who who is a member of a church is suffering spiritually to one extent or another that that unhealthiness will extend beyond that person right and will affect christian brothers and sisters around them right well and i think too you know if you think about the fear factor right. which which is being exposed in a lot of believers it's like okay you're not walking by faith mm. and what i found too is that the people that are very afraid they're very quick to defend themselves to tell you they're not afraid <laughs> You know, it's right. like, well, I haven't seen you in six months. Right. It sure seems like you're afraid because a whole bunch of us are coming back and we're enjoying, you know, life together in the Lord. And uh, so if once that gets exposed, then you know, deep down in your heart, you know, hey, I'm walking in fear. I'm not walking in faith. Right. You know, Jesus told the disciples when the, uh, he was asleep in the boat and they were freaking out and he calmed the storm. He said, why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? And, uh, you know, that's a that's a stinging rebuke. It is. <laughs> you know, why don't you trust me? Right. Um, so I preached a couple of weeks ago from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Mm. You know, and so we, we don't need to be afraid. Yeah. Um, but that will kill your faith uh, in terms of, you know, then fear starts to drive the train mm. and that's never going to be good. Right. Because it is, it is a, um, it's a blindfold really is what it is because you're not living in the real reality at that point. You're not living as if, I mean, the fear that the disciples had is completely justified if Jesus isn't there with them. Right. I mean, because storms are scary things and they can hurt you. Right. But they weren't living in the reality of, hey, he's King Jesus of the universe and this is nothing to him. In fact, he created the storm. Right. He can tell it what to do. Right. And And he, in that passage too, it's one of my favorite uh, passages. He said, let us go over to the other side. (laughs) One uh, translation said he gave orders to depart to the other side. He didn't say we're going to go in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and drown. Right. We're going to the other side. And so I think it's important, really important in scary times, because let's face it, we're living in Mm -hmm. changing times, uh, which change is scary to people. And I think as you get older, it becomes (laughs) more scary. Mm You know, um, but you have to cling to the word. What did the Lord say? He said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So we just trust him and we keep our eyes fixed on him and we keep moving forward Mm -hmm. with him. I think that's critical. Absolutely. And, and I mean, the way you do it, this again, uh, abiding with the Lord means where, where is he? That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the Bible. <laughs> that's in prayer. That's with other Christians. Um, 
on the flip side, of, kind of on the flip side of this issue, it's, it's related. <laughs> um, a lot of churches have been wrestling with the authority of the government on this issue. So, and, and obviously this varies from place to place. And here in Mississippi, we are very blessed to, um, that our, our local, our, our state government is not always overreaching in this, in this, mm-hmm. in this, um, in this area. Uh, the, I mean, this is a very religious place and people are more aware than not of the appropriate relationship between the church and state. Um, but in other places in the country, that is not the case. Um, there have been many, many examples of local governments just essentially taking away the religious liberty of an entire people, right? you know, uh, in the name of, I mean, whether people think this is justified or not, in the name of uh, safety. Um, where, How does a pastor know where to draw the line in those instances? Where, where can we go in the Bible to see this being played out? Well, I think that when this, this first happened in, in March, mm-hmm. um, it was, we had our fire on March 8th, 2020, and then it was like that week we were told by the medical community, flatten the curve. Yep. We can't meet. Yep. So we didn't meet that next Sunday. Mm-hmm. We just did it online. And we thought millions of people were going to die. You know, that's what oh, yeah. everybody was told. Absolutely. So I think every church said, hey, we need to err on the side of safety here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once that was proven to not be true, you know, everybody, what this isn't the bubonic plague where everybody's dying. You, you leave your dead out on the curb, you know. <laughs> right. Um, then it became, hey, we're, we need to get back to worship. And so our first, so we, we didn't have service on March the 15th, and our next service to invite people back was Mother's Day, mm-hmm. May the 10th. And so in it, they trickled back. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't have a very big crowd, and we had two services, and it's just like, man, we could have just had one. There are not very many people here. And, but now it's gotten back to where we're running about 50%. Um, but I like what Jack Graham said at, at Prestonwood. He said, Prestonwood is not shutting down again. And that was my attitude. I said, I don't, if I'm the only one that comes, I'm coming to preach on Sunday. And whoever wants to come, you know, I'll pull out my guitar and we'll sing Kumbaya. I mean, we're, we're going to gather to meet the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're, if you're in, in uh, you know, an endangered yeah. category, then, and you don't feel comfortable, then don't come. But we're going to open it up for other people to come. And at our church, we have an area where it's just like, hey, if you really think masks are, the be all end all. This is an area where you can go. Everybody's wearing a mask, right? You know, I personally don't think masks do squat. So I mean, I think it's just kind of ridiculous. But some people feel more comfortable with that. Right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask. Wear two masks, three masks, whatever you want to do. Um, but we're going to gather to worship. Mm-hmm. And so I think that pastors need to say, hey. The Lord commands us to do this. We're going to do it. John MacArthur's a great example. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, so many pastors look up to him mm-hmm. to say, hey, that guy has courage, and we need to have courage like that because he's willing to, hey, if I have to go to jail for this, I'll go to jail for it. And I think, too, it serves as a reminder to the culture at large of the appropriate relationship, you know, that should exist between the state and the church. I mean, uh, I mean, people will point, not point to Romans, where Paul says, "Obey the lo- obey the governing authorities." And when he said that, I mean, the the governing authorities. It wasn't President Biden. It was Nero. Right, I mean, right. that's uh, many leagues worse than anything that we've ever experienced here in this country. Um, and hopefully, we'll never get to that point. Um, but it, it, the Bible is clear. Yes, there is the the role of the government is not nullified. Um, uh, in any means under under the New Testament um, uh, covenant. 
Um, however, there is a line, I think. There is a line between, obviously, there's obedience to God and obedience to man. Um, and when the, and when those two things are at odds, right. the, it has to be clear. Unfortunately, many times it's not clear. Um, and especially when you have churches doing very different things than each other. Um, and there's no unity on that front. And, and, and at that point, I'm very glad for examples like John MacArthur, who, right. who is able to take the, the, not the first step, but the, the, the loud step and, uh, and, and take that stand. Um, and, and but too, I, I am glad that Christians are demonstrating that it's not there. There's no rebellious spirit here, and there shouldn't be. Right. Um, that we're we're not. There's not. We're not trying to cr- create the second American Revolution over this at all. Right. Um, we're we're just seeking uh, religious li- liberty, the ability to worship the way our God has commanded us to worship. Right. So you know, it's what the apostle said: whether it's right in the sight of God to obey you or to obey God, you be the judge. We mm-hmm. can't stop speaking what we've seen and heard. And so God's called us to gather to worship. You know, if if it were the bubonic plague, Mm -hmm. if COVID was that, then we would have said, hey, we need to love demands that we don't, I mean, we don't want to have 300 people come together and half of them die. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that wouldn't be prudent. Mm Um, but we're not seeing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this idea that we'll come together and that this church is a super spreader event and all that stuff, um, the numbers don't bear that out. Mm-hmm. And are people going to get sick? Yeah, people are going to get sick if they go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to have a problem going to the grocery store. Right. I mean, you still have to live to a certain extent. Right. So I just think that uh, as, as people like to say, and I agree, church is essential. Right. Yeah, and there are plenty of examples of others gathering for other reasons, still very much every day gathering, whether it's to protest or right. whatever. There, I mean, there's 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 photo evidence of them gathering, and there's no concern of being sick there. So if they're not concerned being sick, then why should we be concerned about meeting together as body as a body of believers to worship together? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, if your life is really in God's hand and you're living it that way. And you just know, it's like I said earlier, you're not being stupid. You're right. not doing thing, going out of your way to try and get sick. Mm-hmm. You're just being careful. But, hey, I'm going to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to trust him. Yeah. He's, he's got our days in, in his hand. Absolutely. And I think, too, um, one of the things that many Christians have probably been suffering with, if, if they are like in, in that 50 percent who are not who are zooming into a, a church service rather than actually being there in the pew, um, is how can a Christian in these times when people are being careful and being reasonable and um, obeying God uh, and worshiping, but also being careful, how can they reach out to other Christians and be that um, hold hold their brothers and sisters accountable in their spiritual spiritual walk, as well as accepting the accountability from other Christians. Yeah, I think it is harder to do ministry right now mm-hmm. um, because the one on one is is not, um, especially with the people that are afraid. They don't welcome that. Right. So I think a lot of things are, can be done over the phone to check on people and see how you're doing. And, um, you know, phone calls are a lot better than texts or, or emails because you can really tell right. if a person's crying or, you know, right. fearful or what, whatever it might be. But as far as like just dropping in on somebody, um, they may not want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, okay, I can't really, <laughs> can't really do that. Right. Um, so it does make it harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been horrible to see in the church, people are in the hospital, the hospital won't let you in there, and people are dying mm-hmm. alone. That's awful. Um, my mom was, uh, she fell, she's 92 years old, she fell and broke her hip, mm-hmm. and she had to have surgery, and uh, none of us could go yeah. be with her. And then mm-hmm. they 
from there, she went to a nursing home. Well, she was there for a while and she just said, I want to go home because my kids can't see me. My grandkids can't see me here. I'd rather go home and die when have the whole family around me than just be up here and slowly die, you know? And so she's been home now for uh, probably six months or more and wow. she's been doing fine. Yeah. Great. My, my family had to make a decision for my grandfather. He was mm-hmm. uh, living in a nursing home and we could only visit him through windows and, and, and things like that. And it just became the point where we knew that in his final days we wanted him to be surrounded by family and and he was until he passed away on Thanksgiving and so uh, I mean at some point you you got to realize that yeah. that they don't want to be separated from you either right no they don't they don't and it's it would be horrible I mean you two are are a lot younger than I am but to just, just think that I'm on my deathbed mm-hmm. And none of my loved ones can be here. Nobody right. can be holding my hand, reading scripture over me, praying over me. Goodness. That would be a very lonely experience. Absolutely. Um, something that is, is also kind of a byproduct of these many, many societal changes that we've been through the past year um, is that children, or, or parents and children are now together way more than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is nearly worth it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nearly worth all, everything else that we've had to go through. How many children do you have? I have two. Two. Okay. How old are they? I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. It's wow. it's okay. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the kid that I look after. It's just me. <laughs> just you. Okay. Right. But I can't help but think because family does play a role in a church. Right. Um, and, and you can look throughout the Bible and you can see how, how God not only related to individual Christians and individual people who had faith, but also their family. And there is a family impact um, when, when a person is a Christian, their whole family is impacted. And in many, many instances, thankfully, by the grace of God, that family will come to faith rather than just that individual. It's amazing that how God will often work that way. Um, but I can't help but think that when all of this is over, I mean, I, I say that, you know, with a glimmer of hope, um, when all of this is over, that families should come back to church spiritually more healthy than they've ever been because they've been with their dad, they've been with their mom. They, these relationships should be enriched. Um, do, do, do you see that happening at all? Do you see a a reclaiming of that, that family, um, that biblical family model, perhaps? Well, if the if the family, if the dad and mom are strong believers, mm-hmm. then they're able to have a great time with their kids because they're they're together and it's family time. Um, so then that's a plus. Mm-hmm. If they're not, which so many families in the church are, you know, it's it's immature believers. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a dad that doesn't know how to how to really train up his children in the way that they should go. Right. Um, then he's kind of left to flounder on his own. And so those families do worse. Mm. Um, you know, you can have too much togetherness. And so, <laughs> um, you know, it's like the couple that works together mm-hmm. and then they go home together and they're with each other 24-7. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right. You know, you, you need some break from one another. And uh, Debbie and I, in, we've been married almost 35 years. And so we've had times where it's just like, okay, now I, I need to go play basketball or I need to go work out. I just need yeah. to be by myself. And yeah. she needs that too. So I think, uh, you know, if you have, especially in the early days of the, the COVID thing, I mean, it's no school, nobody's leaving the house, right. you know, everything's locked down, shut down. Um, you know, you can get, you can go stir crazy just seeing the full. Oh walls. yeah, absolutely. I um, mean, and that has happened to me. I, absolutely, I've, I've had to be like, you know, I'm just going to go walk outside for a little bit. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
I do think that we can we can see God's hand at work, um, even in the midst of all of this. Um, that we 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 shouldn't mark up these things as a uh, point for Satan, you know, mm-hmm. point for liberalism, point for the culture. That that never happens. They have zero on the scoreboard, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so having that eternal perspective, I think, is very important when it comes to these things, uh, the health of the church included, because there oftentimes there's a an attitude um, in in churches these days that oh we just have to we have to bunker down you know days days are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and Satan's just going to have victory after victory after victory and we just have to wait till Jesus comes back. Well, there's a sense that John, John MacArthur said in a sermon recently. He said, "Hey." Let's face facts. Mm-hmm. In this world, we lose. <laughs> they crucified Jesus. Right. All the disciples except John were killed for their faith. Right. Um, so th- that's okay. Yeah. You know, the, the, the goal of the Christian life is not to be uh, to play it safe. It's to be faithful, mm-hmm. uh, not to be careful, to be, ba- be faithful. And if being faithful, Stephen was faithful. He was stoned to death. Um, and the Lord gave him a standing ovation. I see the Son of Man standing mm-hmm. at the right hand mm-hmm. of the Father. Wow. So I think that um, that there is a sense that okay, in the last times, difficult or in the last days, difficult times will come. We are experiencing that. Mm-hmm. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. But as Jesus said, hey, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good courage. I've overcome the he world. Has overcome the world. So, yeah. yeah, we can say, Adrian Rogers used to say this statement. He said, we don't have to go along, uh, around with headline hysteria saying, oh, no, look what's coming to the world. We can uh, say, praise the Lord, it's getting gloriously dark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the darker yeah. it gets, that just means the Lord is mm-hmm. on his way. Right. And uh, it says in the book of James that the, the coming of the Lord is near. He's right at, at hand. And so I think looking at it that way, um, Jesus said, when you see all these things take place, look up, be watchful, for your redemption is drawing near. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I did say, I was in a different interview just uh, earlier today, I said, what's sad in the church is we're not hearing enough about the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. People aren't preaching on that. Mm-hmm. That's what folks need to hear. That's our blessed hope that the right. Lord is coming back. And so, uh, look up, be watchful. You know, your redemption is drawing near. And, um, and do the things that God's called you to do. Shine for Christ. Um, you know, let, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And share with people what great things the Lord has done for you. Share the gospel story. That's the only rescue Right. And Jesus is the ark of salvation, and the, the flood of Noah is coming again. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless you're in Christ, you're out. Right. Um, and so that's the, that's the great message we mm-hmm. have to share. And you're talking about the health of the church. I think that pastors need to instill that in their people. God is the God of hope, and he's called us for such a time as this. It's not an accident that we're here right now. And he wants to use our lives to be a powerful witness for Jesus. Yeah until he comes to take us home through the rapture or until we go home through death. Mm-hmm. Either way, we're going to be with the Lord, so right. it's, it's okay. Well, amen to that. And on that note, thank you so much for being on this episode with us today. Uh, it's been a, an absolute honor to have you. Oh, thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. And until next week, everybody, continue to share truth and apply scripture. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.